0: Now on to the podcast. Team Builder is offering both in-season and off-season strength and conditioning programs specific to pitchers or position players. These programs come free with any Team Builder free trial. Their software is trusted and used by the best. Team Builder has helped propel many teams to win championships and most recently the World Series Championship Atlanta Braves. Personally, we used Team Builder in my last couple of years at Western Illinois. You can get the program once you start a 14-day trial with Team Builder. Use promo code ABCA when you sign up for your free trial at TeamBuilder.com. That is T-E-A-M-B-U-I-L-D-R.com. We head back into the high school ranks with Stoneman Douglas head coach Todd Fitzgerald. Coach Fitzgerald's continued the winning tradition of Stoneman Douglas, winning the 2021 Florida State Championship, and finishing the year ranked number one in the nation. Stoneman Douglas has been in the state playoffs 19 consecutive years and been ranked in the top 50 in the nation for 12 of those years. Coach Fitzgerald was also named the 2021 ABCA National Coach of the Year. He also received National Coach of the Year honors in 2008 and 2016. In this episode, we discuss how to run a successful program year in and year out, practice planning, coaching elite players, recruiting, what he's learned on his coaching journey, how he dealt with the 2018 school shooting. Let's welcome Todd Fitzgerald to the podcast.
1: Were you expecting that? No, I mean, I, well, it's funny. I told our guys, I said, guys, I'm telling you right now, you are not preparing like a championship caliber team. And I said, I don't have a really good feeling. I'm not, I've never lied to you. I'm telling you, it's coming. It's coming. They want it, and you can't just roll out. And right now, last two days we haven't been very focused. So you're gonna get what you deserve if you're not ready to go. And we had so many chances, though, man. I mean, we just we just gave it we gave it to them. But my hat goes off to them. They they did a nice job. And I said, we'll see when it's not how you start. Yes. I've never been undefeated before, so <laughs> losing a game is not. Not
0: the end of the world for me. Yep, definitely. So, here with Todd Fitzgerald, head coach Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, uh, 2021 Florida State and uh, national champs, uh, ABCA National Coach of the Year. Um, but you've also been National Coach of the Year uh, 2008 and 2016 as well. So thanks for jumping on with me.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. Much appreciated. You know,
0: we are just talking off air. I mean, how do you try to sustain excellence year in and year out? It's, it's the standard for you guys now. So how do you try to sustain that every year?
1: Well, I think, number one, I just think it's culture, establishing the culture. Every year, every team's different. So you got to find out what your team is, what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, what, what do you do well, what can't you do very well. Um, you know, fortunately for us this year, I mean, we're an experienced team. We're young on the left side of the infield, but we're a very experienced team. So, um, you know, it, it's almost kind of, you know, want to stay out of their way and just kind of just let them play, you know, and just they, they've already got enough pressure. We've, like you said, we've established a reputation now, especially around the county where, where, everybody's, where everybody's number one, you know, and it's hard. It's hard, man. As you know, young kids to play your best every night because you know you're getting everybody's best every night. So, we're just trying to take it one one pitch at a time, one inning at a time, and yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely expect some ups and downs. You know, it's hard to get motivated every single night to bring it your best, but when you're at that caliber, that's that's what you got to do. So, um, I mean, have you, you know, had just it?
0: Have you had a down year? I mean, you've got four hundred and forty-six wins with a 789 winning percentage. I mean, have you ever had a bad year?
1: Honestly, I've I've never had I've never had a losing record and I've been in the state playoffs every single year I've been a head coach.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Um I mean, did you kind of know that going in to there? I mean, was the the history with Stoneman Douglas? Was that history there before you got there?
1: So when I took over the, the, the winning tradition was there, but they didn't know how to win in the playoffs. So I had, and it was a culture of where the, the kids ran the roost. Right. So from the top, it wasn't directed, you know, or the leadership wasn't as good from the top. Um, So I just had to teach the kids, you know, how to win, how to play playoff, atmosphere type baseball put them and schedule them in the toughest situations i can put them in early create the culture of winning in a hostile environment changing the culture building a a winning attitude and uh you know it took a little bit of time but man i tell you what it's the this the best job i've ever had man i i it, it it's really good i i they take care of us there and we're at a public school, largest classification. And I tell you what, it's uh it's really it's really a special place. What are your
0: keys for winning the playoffs? What are my keys? Yeah, I mean when you're trying to prep a team during the regular season, besides playing a tougher schedule, is there a certain way that you need to play once you get to the playoffs that maybe you're playing that maybe some other teams aren't playing during the regular season?
1: Yeah, I think I think we just we don't listen, I don't want to be good early. You know, I want to win the last game. So I don't want to be, I don't want to be great early if we're great early, then I think we're in trouble. Uh, I want to be good the last six or seven games of the season and, and really be firing on all cylinders, have a lineup set. Uh, last year, we didn't have a, a, a same lineup for probably 20 games. And then we settled on something going into the playoffs and ran through it. So kind of want to have that set in place. And then, uh, you know, just uh, get, them, get them all clicking on the same same page and installing some things as we move on throughout the course of the season. Kind of be vanilla early, see where we're at, and just kind of build as we go on. Keep them fresh. Hey, what you know, are you layering
0: time? in? I mean, so as you're adding things in, you said you play a little bit vanilla, but what are some things that maybe you add in?
1: Uh, maybe, maybe a couple special pickoff plays or a couple different bunt defenses or maybe some – Couple little gimmicks every now and then that you might use that you hold in your pocket that you don't want to show early. Um, it, we always say if we have one more thing in our arsenal than the other team, we have a chance. So, well, who, who do you see during the regular
0: season then that you might see in the playoffs?
1: Uh, well, I think West Broward, they got a really good team. They got a kid, Sebastian Perez. He's a Miami commit, 92, 94 guy. Um, Maybe, uh, Christopher Columbus who we played twice in the state championship and, and, and semifinal or let's see, or, or no, actually both. Yeah. Semifinal and state championship. Um, you know, there's some really good Miami powerhouses. There's some really good schools in Broward County, but from a public school standpoint, you know, there's, there's a handful that I think are, are worthy. Tara Bella, obviously who beat us the other night, um, and the opener, I think, has done a really good job of uh, adding to their roster, I should say. So um, they'll, they'll be very tough to beat.
0: I mean, how many games now are, are lost by the other team as opposed to the other team just goes out and wins a game?
1: Um, as far as us or as Anybody. Far
0: as, I mean, you see it. You oh, even man. see at the big league level where it's, it's walks and airs more than anything than somebody maybe going out and beating somebody.
1: Yeah, maybe some, maybe some overcoaching and, you know, um, I just think that, uh, you know, uh, when you're playing at such a high level night in and night out and your guys are really in tune to what's going on, you just got to stay out of the way. I tell the guys all the time, don't make me coach today. I coach you in practice all week. This is your day. Don't make me have to coach today. Like, go do your thing. You're ready, you know, so –
0: Hey, what are your keys to coaching elite players? You've had 32 players drafted. Obviously, Eric Hosmer, who I got a chance to watch in high school, um, playing with the Royal Scout team. I think it was the Royal right. Scout team. Devin Morero I mean, what are the keys to coaching those guys?
1: Uh you know what? Really, I mean, again, I, I'm I'm one of those guys. I've never I've never hung my hat on the on the success of those guys. Those guys are who they are because they're God gifted and they've been brought up. Yeah, Hosmer's swing
0: isn't a whole lot different now than what he was featuring back then. It's amazing how elite his swing was at at such a young
1: age. Well, let me tell you how special he is. though. forget the ba- forget the baseball side of it. He is the most giving person I've one of the, I've ever been around. Like even to this day, he didn't play at Stoneman Douglas. He he gives us things at Stoneman Douglas. He he calls me and says, hey, what do you need? You know, like that guy never forgot where he came from. His dad was a longtime assistant coach of mine, very good friend. Um, but he's just one of the most humblest person I've ever met, and he's and he always gives back to the kids, always. And, and that just made him who he is. And you know those guys, man. Guys like that don't come around very often. He's a very special player, and, and he's my all-time favorite.
0: So how do you balance what's best for the players as opposed to what's best for the program? I mean, you uh, had, you've had a lot of guys drafted. So, I mean, how, how do you balance that? Um, or is well, there think, is there a way to balance it? Is it what's always what's best for the team as opposed to the individual?
1: Absolutely. It's always about the team first, but it's also about promoting your players. And I think we do a really good job of promoting our players. And, and listen, we have a lot of pro guys, and I'm really tight with the area guys. And, like, I – I'm one of those coaches that always has a door open for those guys. Um, you know, if they want to see a little extra, I'll give them a little extra. So I won't change a practice routine, but at the end of the day, they know that when they come to our place, that they, you know, they have carte blanche. Um, some guys, some guys are come on the field. I, I invite them on the field if they want to stand behind the turtle. Um, you know, just just making those guys feel welcome. And and it's good for your, especially your younger kids, right? It's good for them because if they can perform in that environment around 40 scouts, then what else is there to do in high school? Like if you can perform on that stage when all those guns are up or when all them guys are in the stands and it, and it's like an everyday thing for you, then, you know, so just really promoting the players is one of the main things that we really try and focus on because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, your kids want to go to college, so you got to do the best job you can. And the summer and the summer really helps, too, you know.
0: You said you had a good practice when you called earlier. I mean, what, what was so good about practice tonight?
1: Oh, man, the energy. The energy. Uh, is
0: that because you kicked a game? I mean, are guys bringing it a little bit more? Because, you know, is, is th- that th- sense th- of urgency there a little bit more than maybe if you rolled out there a little bit earlier and, and get a couple I'll- Ws?
1: I wouldn't say a sense of urgency, but I would say a sense of like, they're pissed off because yeah. they know that they dropped the ball and it, it hurt. It hurt me. I mean, Hey, listen, I made a big mistake in that game too. I, and I owned it to them. And, uh, but you know, what was best about the whole thing is they stood up and owned it themselves. And, uh, you know, and and that was good. And then last night we went out and played and we we swung it a lot better. Um, We didn't put up a whole lot of runs, but we really pitched it well, played good defense and uh, it'll, it'll come, you know, just trying to, just trying to get some guys, some early playing time, early, not worrying about the wins and losses, and uh, just trying to see who gels best with who in the field and, and who's, you know, who picks each other up. The true test of a team is when you have a guy that fails, And he's over on the bench, and he's not – how many of your teammates go pat that kid on the back and say, man, don't worry about it, we got you? And if a lot of guys don't go pat you on the back, then that's a little bit of a problem. Hey, is
0: that a uh post-game talk if you're owning – you know, because that that happens with coaching. We're going to make some mistakes here and there. Is that a post-game talk? You bring it up right away after a game?
1: I try not to – I try not to beat them up when they lose. Uh, When we win, I'll be a little bit more harsh on them. But always – I always like to go over stuff the next day at practice instead of spending a whole lot of time talking. I mean, they're tired, they're wore out. Last thing they want to do is hear this grumpy old man yelling at them, telling them they didn't do this, they didn't do that. So, you know, we'll, we'll meet 10, 15 minutes before practice, go over the game from the night before, and uh, clean up some things, clean up the mistakes in practice, and then and, and move forward.
0: Are you taking notes during the game, post game? I mean, how are you, how are you evaluating maybe what you guys need to work on? yeah we week.
1: we got we got four or five coaches that chart every single pitch we have tendency charts we uh I mean we take notes you know my again mental notes for me is 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 the you know like I said the other night made a mistake you know we could have had first and third one out I tried to wave a guy from second to tie the game and you know I'm usually always thinking two hitters ahead kind of got caught up there in a the moment and you know, made a bad coaching decision you know and it happens um uh, but I, you know, again, I take full responsibility. It's my fault. Um, but to watch them sit there and own it themselves was pretty special. Because you know, nowadays in this culture, man, a lot of guys are like, well, you know, I hit ninety today, but I walked six guys. Well, you know, that that's great. But you walked six guys and gave up four runs, so didn't really help the team be successful. But I'm glad you hit ninety, though. Great job.
0: Right. Hey, how are you gauging when you're going to send guys and when you aren't? That's always for somebody that maybe hasn't coached third before. I think that's the hardest thing to, to figure out is when you're actually going to send guys and when you're not. So what are you gauging off when you're sending guys?
1: Well, so obviously you look at the I.O. and infield, right? I mean, I.O., you know, in and out, check out the arms. Um, you see how a kid moves on a ball in the outfield, see what the arm strength is, see what the situation is in the game. Um Usually, man, I'm, I'm really down the line. You know, I can read the, read the angle of the throw, and that's the other thing. I you're didn't working get down towards home plate, right? Yeah, I didn't get down the line. I think that's a
0: key to line. it. For, for anybody listening in that hasn't had to do a lot of that at third, you're going to buy yourself more time by working to home plate. And you got to work to get down there, but it does buy you a little bit more time. And that's usually what happens is you don't work down enough, and so you got to make a little quicker read on time on things.
1: Yeah, I just took it for granted, I guess. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I had a kid on second base who's a flyer, an absolute flyer. I didn't see him break back to the bag on the hit. And I thought he was going in. He, he made a huge turn, uh, you know, that kind of slowed us down. But, you know, again, they made a great play, two-throw relay, and and got us, and, and shame on the coach for, for, for sending him when you got your four-hole hitter. Uh, you know, with one out first and third, now he comes up first and third. Uh, I actually run around first with two outs and then we don't get anything. So, um, you know, it is what it is. And uh, I learn too, man, I try and learn every day. And that's why I clinic and that's why I go to clinician. And that's why, you know, I, I, I try I try and learn something every day. I'm, I've been doing it a long time, but when you stop learning, man, you, you, you need to get out of coaching.
0: Are, are there some new practice planning things that you've implemented lately? Um, you know, talk about adding new stuff in, or are you still using some of the the older stuff that you've used from the past too?
1: Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, Coach McCormick at FAU is a good friend of mine, and uh, I was talking to him the other day. I'm like, Coach, give me give me some competitive BP stuff, you know, or in, in, in a different maybe BP game day routine. So we've been using that, and it's been really good. You know, a lot of one-pitch stuff. Yep you know, three, two, two out, need a base hit right here, or, you know, two out, two out base hit with a runner on third, one pitch, uh, you know, so teaching some plate discipline as well. So yeah, trying to incorporate in a, a lot of new stuff in there as well. And, uh, you know, Pudge in Vienna, Madison, really good friend of mine. So we, we, we talk all the time and uh, Ray Evans, who's now at Windermere helping Eric Lassiter up there, you know, we just bounce stuff off, you know, Uh, just try and talk to winners, you know, I just try and talk to winners.
0: You talked about culture. Do you have any team building exercises that you feel like help build culture? Or is it just part of having a winning tradition?
1: Well, we do have some, some team building stuff that that I don't want to share if you don't mind, but uh, we do, we do do some team building stuff. Uh, Seems like every time I put stuff out there, man, I turn around and somebody else is doing it. So (laughs) But no, we it, competition. You know, just a lot of competition every day. Um, we do some do some stuff. Uh, I'll I'll tell you one thing. Uh, we have this. It's called the Tampa Challenge, and uh, got it from Kevin O'Sullivan, who used to be at Clemson, who I talk to on a regular basis. And it's just six weight room events and six outdoor events, and you have an individual champion, a team champion, and. You know, I don't do it every year. Uh, I kind of pick and choose, but you really see who is your weakest link, and then you really see who the guys are going to give it to you every day. So, you know, it's really it's just really good for competitive spirit and seeing who can win for you and who who who's not going to give it to you when you need it
0: you know every state's different so by florida rules i mean how much how much time do you have with them in the off season you know can can you work with them in the fall and then how much time do you have to get ready for the season come springtime we
1: we can we have a fall league uh but it's nothing to do with the school so it's a different name um it is kids from the school um and you know we play about 12 to 14 games We keep it really light. Uh, Not a whole lot of coaching goes in to the fall. It's more of playing, seeing what guys can do on their own, seeing what guys are willing to take chances, seeing what guys are just, you know, understand, just understand and and have an IQ for the game. And then you can kind of really evaluate from there on, on the direction you need to move forward. Hey, coming out of Lincoln
0: Memorial, did you know you wanted to get into coaching? I did.
1: Ken Crehan, who's at Penn State Allegheny now, was a huge, huge influence in my life. And also, I played at Yavapai Community College for Dave Dangler, who's a scout now. And Double D, uh, I really learned how how to pitch at that level and compete and just his preparation and Coach Crehan's preparation for practice and game was one of the best things that I've ever been around. And both guys were really hard to play for, but really taught the values of being successful. And uh, those two guys are the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing today. Hey, and, and on like, the mound, what were you
0: doing with them that you weren't doing before that, that you liked that maybe you're carrying over with you now too?
1: Uh, just, I mean, honestly, coming out of high school, you know, a little different in high school because I played at a really, I played at heritage myself and we're really good, but uh, just the competitive spirit and learning how to pitch and how to set up hitters and how to game plan, uh, looking at charts beforehand, scouting reports. And we had those back then, you know, we didn't have the phones or anything. We had paper papers, but still, I mean, all those things prepare you both mentally from that side of it. And I always took care of the physical part. Uh, i was probably one of the hardest working guys i wasn't the greatest but i thought i was so i think that gave me that competitive edge and uh i was probably one of the hardest working guys i think coach prehan will definitely attest to that that he's ever coached for sure
0: did that make that easier for you making that transition to college because you played at american heritage another strong winning tradition program did that help
1: uh not really, (laughs) not really. I got my, I I really got my, my learning, my, my feet wet really learned the game and understood the game. I always understood the game as a young player. I was always the youngest kid on an older team. I was was always, I always played with better guys, but when I got the Yavapai, it was, it it was different. And uh, you know, the ball flies out of there, you know, and as a pitcher, you know, you got to really keep the ball down, and I just learned a lot. I wasn't wasn't really great there, but I did. I did. Velocity increased. Uh, Coach D was big on swimming. He was big on throwing the football. Uh, you know, just some things like that. Some old school stuff that 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 I still believe in today. And uh, the game hasn't changed. There's an analytical side, but the game hasn't changed. And you throw it, you catch it, you pitch it, you hit it, and you field it. And can you win for me or not? I mean, that's that's really the end. Are you guys getting in the pool? Uh, no, we don't have a pool.
0: I mean, I loved it when we could, when we had the yeah. opportunity. We didn't have the same thing. We didn't really have the opportunity yeah. to do it a lot. But if especially if we're on the road, yeah. I did like for them to get in and swim a little bit. I just think it's really good for recovery for post uh, for next day. I just think it's awesome. For, and it's hard. Yeah. Swimming is extremely Absolutely.
1: hard. Absolutely. It's very physical. It's very tiring. Coach Cree used to get us up and take us on a, on a run in the mornings, you know, when we go on the road and we'd get up and run and uh, take us, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say he might've ran. He tried to run with me one time and I ran him into the ground. I don't think he ever ran with me again, but um, he used to take us on the road and run and, you know, he would designate guys to lead it. And, you know, I just think for, camaraderie and, and team unity and doing things together kind of like a military style you know he came from the citadel and you know it just brought that brought that tough mental attitude and, and and i think you can will yourself to win sometimes i really believe that
0: after lincoln memorial was the goal to go back home to go back to florida is that ultimately what you were trying to do
1: Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I I wanted to get into coaching. I went and played a little independent ball for, for a minute and, uh, went back. Uh, my, there was an opening at my former school, which was heritage where I graduated from and, uh, got my foot in the door and, you know, spent a couple years there and then took a year off to go coach college at Nova Southeastern University for a good friend of mine, Sonny Hansley, his last year there, I was a pitching coach. And then, uh, went back and became the head coach and uh you know was there from for, as the head coach from 2 to 12 and then transitioned over to douglas so love it you know who did you
0: lean on early on i mean you, you're an assistant for a little bit but who'd you lean on early as a, as a young head coach
1: uh my athletic director byron walker he was he's a He's a legend in the state of Florida for football. And I also coached high school football for 16 years. Um, and he, he just taught me how to be a leader. Uh, he taught me how to be a, a, a coach, uh, taught me how to lead men. Um, you know, let me fail on my own, uh, but was always there for me, you know, showing the way, um, gave me a lot of responsibility, uh, not only in the coaching area, but from, name it, laundry, uh, equipment, uh, driving the school bus, working the chain gang, being a head JV football coach, uh, being a running backs coach on the varsity, a quarterback coach, like, taught me a lot about different areas and not just one thing so just learn how to be a coach for all things not just one particular thing so uh, he's a very huge influence in my life I love him like my own dad Um, so he's a guy I still talk to to this day so
0: was your football style coaching similar to your baseball style coaching or are you different
1: well, mind you, now I was a young kid, fresh out of college, so I had a lot of, lot of, lot of energy, and sometimes probably too much. And I had to be honed in a little bit. I was really intense, and uh, but just learned over the years how to relate better to kids. I think after the shooting at Douglas, you know, it kind of made me realize a, a more, a little bit more about the mental health issues of today's society and the way society has changed, and to listen more to kids and be a little bit more patient and understanding of what they're going through. I used to be like, if you miss practice for a doctor appointment or a dentist appointment, you don't, you you just don't, you don't dress the next day. Like you don't play, you know, you're allowed to miss for religious purposes and a death in the family. Nowadays it's, I get it. You know, um, you got, there's just so much time in a day and kids got to, they got to, they got to be able to do certain things. So, um, how did you they, they, help how
0: how did you help your guys grieve in 18 after the incident I'll tell you
1: uh the very next day I got them all together I got the entire program together uh parents included and we met at a indoor hitting facility uh, my buddy was running San Lupino and uh we just got together man and we cried and we talked and told them I had their back 100 percent and you know we're not going to put our head between our legs and it was a tragic thing and very unfortunate it should have never happened but we need to be leaders for the school and we need to give the school something to be proud about and I don't want you watching the news I don't want you looking at the tv I don't want you at home feeling sorry for yourself uh, your baseball field is your sanctuary your coaches love you your players love you let's be together as much as we can and it really it really brought us together so
0: after that, so obviously besides maybe guys missing or whatever, did you change anything practice wise due to that no. or nothing? Just no. went about business.
1: Which... No, we just went about business as usual. And, uh, you know, just kind of, kind of stayed the course. And, uh, you know, we got an opportunity that year to go up to Jacksonville. My buddy Gil Morales was a coach at Trinity Christian and man, what a great experience. We got a charter bus and they brought us in, they closed the interstate for us and, went up there and, and got to really play, got to play. It was our first games out of the gate and we weren't ready by any means, but uh, it was a great trip that really brought us all together and uh, just a great, great thing that they did for us. And, um, you know, the community got behind us. It was really special.
0: You got an opportunity to coach both your sons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You've got one at Florida Southern right now, and then one's playing for you. He's committed to NC State. You told me that. So how, how has that been?
1: Well, my older one is actually at Florida Southwest Junior College. Okay. And he's he's off to a great start. Uh, he's doing well for himself. He, he's he got his own goals and his own plan. And he's really, really coming to his own as a player. He's really developed and uh, he's having a great year so far. Let's hope that. Continues and uh, hopefully a lot of success comes his way at the end of the year. And then my young kid, you know, yeah, he's committed to NC State as a sophomore, and you know, it's hard for him because dad's the coach. He's he's a committed guy playing on the number one team supposedly in the country or top five team in the country anyway, and you know he he's putting a little pressure on himself and it and it it's understandable. He's young. You know, he wants to do well. I said, so I just told him the other day, I said, listen, I said you have a senior laden team here. The guys would tell me if you're not ready to play shortstop, you're not the shortstop because your dad, you've earned it. Go, just go be yourself and be you, you know? And, uh, they're both, they're both great kids. Uh, more importantly, they're great. They're great human beings they are good students. And, uh, pretty good baseball players. And I look forward to seeing how both of their paths, maybe they'll cross one day and get a chance to hopefully one day play against each other or play together. Uh, But uh,
0: does Devin have anybody on the staff other than you that he goes to?
1: Yeah, I I don't, I don't coach Devin at practice, so he don't come to me. Uh, (laughs) So my other coaches uh, get to him and, and, and listen, he's very driven and motivated it was his work ethic is, is tremendous. Uh, he's got a great group of guys that love him, teammates. And uh, they got his back and uh, the coaches, you know, they go to him. I don't say anything to him. I don't, I don't. we, we don't talk baseball in the house after practice. Um, that's one thing I learned with my older kid. I was really, really hard on Hunter to a fault at times. Uh, I'm glad he's still playing the game and loves the game. Um, and I've really learned over time and they're just two different individuals with two different personalities and uh, they're both going to be successful and no matter whatever they do in their life, they're going to be successful. So uh, my wife's done a really good job with those boys.
0: Hey, for, your, for parents that are trying to navigate the recruiting process right now, you know, just give some tips for, you know, take the, the high school coaching hat off and put the parent hat on and just give some tips for parents listening in about how to handle the recruiting process right now? Cause it's completely changed.
1: So the number one thing I would say is know what your ability is as a player, number one. And as a parent, if you, if you think your child's a division one baseball player, go watch a division one baseball player play, see the landscape. There's more, out there than just division two, you better be a stud, division three, you better be a stud, Florida JUCO, you better be a stud. Like, you better be a dude no matter what level you play at, but also enjoy the recruiting process. Don't be in a hurry, don't try and keep up with the Joneses. Just because somebody's committed doesn't mean you have to commit. It has to be a situation that's right for you. And in Devin's situation, it, it was four or five schools and He really felt at home at NC State. He's been going. We go there every year in the summer when he was a kid. We had a house up there. And it's just a really good comfort place for him. And he loves Coach Hart and that staff. And, hey.
0: They got a good squad, by the way. I saw them last weekend. They they hurt Evansville's feelings. And I'm an Evansville alum. (laughs) So they hurt Evansville's feelings. And they got young guys in their lineup, too, which is good to see that – um they do have some young guys in their lineup that are really good players so it's it's, it's neat when you've got good older guys but then they've got impact freshmen in their lineup also
1: absolutely and also also make you know god forbid you get injured right is that where you want to spend the rest of your college career and get your degree like you know injuries happen things happen uh you know Is my scholarship a one-year renewable or is it a four-year scholarship? You know, some schools have four. Notre Dame, four-year scholarship. Uh, I think the SEC is one-year renewable. Uh, ACC might be one-year renewable. You know, some schools are going four-year, but at the end of the day, I want him to go to a place where he's going to be pushed every single day. He's going to walk in and hopefully play behind an All-American where he can learn. And maybe when that guy graduates, he steps in. And then the next guy that comes in and he can mentor that guy. So, you know, I don't want him to go into a place where, Hey, here it is. This is, this is you. And then you're not looking over your shoulder. I want him to look over his shoulder every day and say, somebody's pushing me. And and if you're not, then you're not really a competitor. So, um, you know, that, 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 that's where it was, you know, I think the coaches at NC state are phenomenal. Uh, they're great human beings and, uh, I think it was a great decision
0: for him yeah, yeah and that's interesting because you got some good options right there too in that state and and in every level of college baseball in florida is is good uh, i'm always intrigued by the guys that go out of state because i looked at other places too but staying local was a little bit better for me and and the size of the school was the most important thing for me too
1: well,
0: i would have gotten eat up thing- at, at a, a bigger school um, but it it does work for for some guys to be at the bigger school environment that just was a tough one yeah. for
1: me. I mean, the other thing I tell my kids, I said, Florida is not the only place in America that plays baseball. Yeah. I went to a D, D2 school in, in Harrogate, Tennessee, where you had Harrogate, Virginia, and Kentucky all touching each other. And I was at a small school, but it was the best experience of my life. I wouldn't have changed it for a world. Yeah, I would have loved to have gone D1, probably could have. But at the end of the day, I had the best time of my life at a small school. That, that's, that was me. So find the best fit that's for you. There are some beautiful places in this country to play baseball. You got to be willing to leave the state of Florida guys. And it's okay. (laughs) You know, it's okay.
0: You talked about kind of toning it down as a young assistant. I mean, did somebody mention that to you or did you just figure out that, Hey, maybe I need to, I need to back off a little bit here because that competitive spirit can get in the way at times but was that, was that somebody mentoring you that way or did you just kind of come to that realization on your own?
1: No, I get, you know, I guess at my age, you know, when you get a little older, you, you think you get a little wiser as well, and you just learn a little bit more. You don't have to get in a kid's face to motivate them. You know, I, 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 I was I it. It actually doesn't work.
0: My, it, with this generation of kids, it actually doesn't no. work anymore.
1: I was, I was raised by an old school dad. I was raised by an old school athletic director. I was raised by an old school Kenny Crehan. I was raised by an old school. So that's all I know. Yep. But I do still use some of those tactics on certain guys that I know I can do that with. Some guys you just can't do that with. Yep. And that's okay, too. You got to find other ways to motivate those guys. You might have to put your arm around them and tell them you really love them man, I believe in you. You know, you, you can't treat every kid the same or they won't perform.
0: What are some other tips for young coaches
1: getting into it right now? Don't let the parents get too close. <laughs> Keep your distance. Have boundaries set. Make sure your administration supports you hundred percent. Make sure you got coaches you can trust because you need great soldiers. And I've got, and for me, I've got great soldiers. None of them aspire to be head coaches, except a couple, which I, which I hope they do. Uh, But I let my coaches, let them coach. Don't stand over them. Trust in what you're doing, believe in the process and have a system and believe in your system and install that system. And then, uh, you know, let it run and you tweak it as you go, but trust your coaches to coach and uh, you know, let your let your outside people that want to fundraise and do that, do that. Your, your job is to coach. Their job is to fundraise and support the program. And you've got enough on your plate to deal with those kids. So put all your time and effort into those kids and let everybody else, uh, you know, cover behind the scenes for you. But uh, do you have a you booster know, club? I, I do. I do. I've How long have grade. you had?
0: Did you put that in right away when you got there?
1: It, it was already established um so and they do a phenomenal job and I've, I've got a really good booster club president i've been lucky enough to have really good booster club people since i've been there and uh you know it just makes my job so much easier hey what would you like to
0: see out of the youth coaches right now to get kids ready for high school that maybe they're not getting
1: right now teach the game stop focusing about the trophy. It, it, we're not trophy chasing. You are developing and you are mentoring and teaching these young kids today how to play the game the right way, the high school way. Don't teach a kid to be a professional. Don't teach them to be a college guy. Teach them to be a high school baseball player. How to bunt, how to hit behind a runner, how to, how to have barrel control in the bat, how to throw strikes, uh, how to compete right? How to win, how to be a great teammate, how to act when you strike out, how to act when you make an error, you know, all those things. Teach them how to be professional, but also teach them how to play the game the right way. And you just don't see it enough. And uh, it's disheartening because you got a kid on your team. He doesn't make your team. So dad takes him, goes try, goes and tries to start a travel team, puts the kid at shortstop, and then the team's a disaster, uh, just because you're afraid to compete. Teach kids how to compete. Be loyal to your school. If you want to see the field compete and win a job, competition's great.
0: You know how are you relaying the the failure part to your guys? You know, because we are going to make errors. We're going to strike out. We're going to walk guys. You know, how are you relaying how to handle those situations and move on and get on to the next one?
1: Don't put your head down. Tell your pitcher you got the next one. Don't throw your helmet. Don't show emotion negatively. Keep your head up. It's a game of failure. It's the only thing in life you can fail 70% of the time and be considered a success. It's going to happen. You learn from it. You learn from making mistakes. Devin made a critical mistake the other night at shortstop. It was a three. It was a. It it, it didn't cost us a game, but we lost a game by a run. Slow roller went off the tip of his glove, got by him, a run scored. We lose. We lost the game four three. We didn't. And and again, the coach made a critical error too. So the household wasn't great that night. But uh, you know, we put ourselves in that position when we shouldn't have. And you learn from those mistakes. It doesn't define who you are. Baseball is what you do. It's not who you are.
0: Do you have any go-tos for decompression so you're not bringing it home? I mean, I, I played for my dad as well, and it's. I think it's hard to not bring that home with you when, if you're not doing well. Do you have any keys to kind of decompress and not bring it home with you?
1: Drag the field yeah. over and over and over yeah. and replay the game in my mind. Uh maybe drive around, go get something to drink, uh, just – just. but at the end of the day, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. That's what's so great about baseball. It's not Friday night lights where, where you got to stew over it for the whole week. You know, we, we lost. We turned around. We played the next day. It's the greatest thing about baseball. You, you just get to do it again. And uh, you learn from the mistakes from the night before, and uh, hopefully you get better from it. And if you don't, you keep grinding to get better from it. And, uh, I want my guys to be college ready when they graduate and leave the program or pro ready when they leave the program and, and be better men, uh, from it. And hopefully we teach them lessons more than just baseball along the way.
0: Do you have a fail forward moment? Do you have something you thought was going to sidetrack you, but looking back now is one of the best things that happened to you?
1: No, uh, I've, I think God put me on this earth to, to, to coach and, uh, People ask me all the time, why don't you go go do something else or go to the next level? And I, and I think I'm just – I think I'm put on this earth to be a high school baseball coach. And uh, maybe a few years from now, winding down, maybe when Devin's gone or whatever, maybe I'll go try and be, be an assistant at the JUCO level or something like that. But I, I definitely want to stay in the game as long as I'm able to stay in the game at some capacity. I've got enough wins. I've got enough championships. I've done enough things in my career, but you know, I just don't know if it's in my personality to be an assistant. Um, so hopefully, uh, one day I can be that. Um, but right now I'm really enjoying what I do and I, and I love, uh, I love coaching kids and I love teaching kids. I'm, I'm a teacher as well. So I have, I love my kids. I teach freshman kids and teach science and, uh, it, I guess we have more fun uh, about just building relationships with those kids and and uh than anything else and just letting them know that I care about them and uh you know they keep me young and as long as they keep me young and energetic and focused uh, you know I'll be doing it for a while any evening or morning routines
0: that you do that you like feel like I mean you got a crazy schedule you're up early you're going to be late with practice. Do you have any routines that you do that you like?
1: Uh, well, let me just tell you, my wife is the heart and soul of this household and there I'm very forgetful. Uh, I'll leave, I'll leave my uniform or I'll leave something. Sometimes I'm like, "Hun, can you bring, you know, uh, in the past, you know, I, I was, I was married to my job. Now I'm, married to my wife and baseball is there, but that, that is uh, she's, she's the rock that, that, that holds it together. But yeah, I have, I have some routines. I try and wear the same thing every game, you know, underneath, whatever, <laughs> same shirt, um, got, got, got a couple little lucky charms that I, that I carry around with me that, that I think have some spirit and try and honor uh, honor the 17 that we lost uh every every day every game we have these little honor bands i don't know if you can see them but these little honor bands we wear um that's a big goal and then we have these saint rita bands that we wear as well uh just some spiritual stuff that 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 we go by lost a good friend of mine last year right before the playoffs and uh thought he was standing over us uh, when we won and just some, just some things like that. Cra- I, crazy as it sounds, I, I believe in some of that divine intervention stuff. So I, do too. I believe we have some angels. Yep. So who, um, who's St.
0: Rita for somebody that doesn't know St. Rita, who, what does St. Rita signify?
1: She is uh, a big baseball, uh, person. Um, she's Catholic. Uh, she's big in baseball. My buddy, Andy, who, uh, is a big Saint Rita guy. He has a whole website on it. Um, I, I really don't know that. That's a. I can't believe you threw that question at me. But I always ask. I a like very, to be clarification. She's a very, she's, she, she's a very spiritual person in the game of baseball. And there's a baseball movie. And I can't remember the name of the baseball movie. But if when a guy opens his locker, there's Saint Rita in the locker. Uh, he's got it on. Got it on our cross. So ours was Saint um, Christopher. That yeah. was, I
0: went to Catholic high school. So. Um, Saint Christopher was was ours for our baseball
1: team. I got you. Hang on a second, there. I think I lost you. You there? Yeah, hang on. Okay, yeah, I'm here. All right, good. Yeah, it's a good yeah. thing with adding. So, um, you know, I just I just think that uh, sometimes as a as a young coach, going back to that. They get caught up with the wins. I, I want to win, 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 win. The wins will come as you develop players, and you gotta you gotta develop in order to win. You gotta take lumps. You gotta get beat up in order to win. Uh, you gotta learn how to deal with failure in order to win. You gotta learn how to win with class. You gotta lose with dignity. Um, I expect to win every single game we play. Uh, but don't you think you know, that
0: the failure kind of brings you back with baseball? I mean, I, I the ones that are wired for baseball, I don't care if it's coaches or players, like they they cherish, you know, nobody likes to get it kicked in the teeth, but they're able to get off the mat and it's that that ho- not hope, but that success is what drives them after a failure because they know it's coming at some point. And I think that's what the successful coaches and players do is they know they might've got kicked a little bit, but they know that that success is right around the corner and that's what
1: they keep working for. Yeah. I mean, doesn't that build character? I mean, you want to build character in your players, right? Yeah. You want to get, you, you have to be able to get knocked down. If it was easy, if it was easy, you know, it'd be all bed of roses. We don't want it to be easy. We want, we want to put our guys in the most uncomfortable situations that we can put them in so they can learn how to deal with failure. Cause you're going to fail in life. You're going to fail as a dad. You're going to fail as a husband. You're going to fail as a teacher. You're going to fail at, at everything. And you have to learn how to deal with failure and how to pick yourself up off the mat. As you said, And what are you going to do? You're going to feel sorry for yourself or you're going to say, no, this isn't me. I'm going to do something about it today. And, you know, and, and that's, that's the mindset you have to have. Do you have any slogans? I
0: mean, do you have stuff? I mean, obviously you've got the band there um, with your guys, but do you have anything else that you like putting up in the dugout or anything?
1: So today or this, this year, I I have different mottos every year. So this year it's, it's, WTLG win the last game and I am. It's not about me. Um, those are the two things we're going with this year. Uh, you know we've had a lot, we've had a lot of sayings over the years that we put on the back of our shirts. It's something different every year. Tradition never graduates. Uh, you know just a bunch of stuff Gata, great athletic team attitude, which actually means more get after their ass if you want to get technical. Um, just some little things like that. Uh, we, we do have, I have Notre Dame sign over the top of my, uh, clubhouse door when they walk out to the field, play like a champion today. Um, you know, champions only concern themselves with, uh, success, uh, you know, just, just all kinds of things, uh, that we have around the locker room just motive, little motivational things. Um,
0: do those just come to you? I mean, if you're trying to do something no. new every year, do they just come as like a flash of inspiration or is it something that pops up here and there?
1: It's something that pops up here and there. Again, you know, I like to read. Uh, I have baseball books that I like to read motivational quotes, uh, talking to, talking to former and, and, and current coaching buddies. Again, Pudge and my buddy Ray Evans, we, we always bounce stuff off and, I asked Pudge this year. I'm like, hey man, give me, give me something, give me something. What do you got? So he gave me, uh, he gave me one in the last game. So that's a shout out to Vienna right there, Madison High School. My buddy Pudge Gorman, uh, the Warhawks. He still, and I'm glad he's going to listen to this. He still won't play me, but. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, he won't he won't make the trip down to South Florida. He'll he'll go to Orlando, but he won't make it down to South Florida. So uh, you know, that that's a running thing that we we have with each other, but does a great job up there. He's a very great baseball person and uh just enjoy coaching and talking baseball with anybody that wants to talk it, really. And you can always learn, like tonight, you know, you asking some great questions, and just learning and talking the game, man. It's it's man, I could do it forever. You hey, know, favorite
0: baseball to... book. I mean, I, you don't have to name one or one favorite baseball book and then favorite motivation book.
1: Ooh, well, I love the baseball Bible. Number one. Um, you know, Rom again, Ron Polk back in the day with his playbook. Uh, I got, I got a motivational book. It's got 500 motivational quotes from college coaches and around the country. And Cordy Gillespie. And I, I really met, I love the guy I uh, met at uh, Creighton this year. We're using his infield stuff with our infielders. Uh, oh man, what a great guy. Uh, led, led led NCAA infield and presented at 970 something last year, but just really good man to talk to, you know, cause sometimes you email coaches and, a lot of times they, you know, I'm high, who's this high school guy, you know, mail, email, but like when a guy takes the time out to to spend time with you and talk to you, it, uh, means a lot. And, uh, to be able to take some of that stuff and apply it in our program and apply it there and use it and have success with it says a lot. And I'm very appreciative for it. And,
0: uh, he's one of the best we have for throwing program. I stole yeah. so much being at Iowa all those years, and my boss at Iowa—they worked together at Creighton, so I stole a lot of coach services, throwing program stuff. That yeah, I mom. love,
1: I love his, I love his infield stuff, man, and and it's really good. I didn't get to see the whole thing; he just talked about infield, but I'm sure I'll be picking his brain <coughs> a little bit more down the road. And Sully and Chuck Darollemagne and David Kopp uh, at Florida; those are good friends of mine, and you know, uh, Gino DiMari in Miami and. Uh, Jason Jackson, Alabama goes on and on the list. I mean, I I can pick up the phone and and ask those guys a question and they would, they would help me, you know, and, and if you got the resources and connections to do that, it's it, it, I would lean on that and uh, just build a network. That's another thing I would tell young coaches, build a network and a network with guys and, and, and just, just learn, learn and study, study the game, learn the game. You know, there's different systems out there and not one system is the only way to play the game. And when you can incorporate something into your program to help you be successful, then that's been, a, that's been a good thing.
0: Is your system a whole lot different now than when you first started as head coach? Uh,
1: very little, very little. The routine is the same. Uh, some of the things we do is a little bit different. We've probably evolved a little bit more through time. Uh, you know, my bench coach the last seven years is Rich Hoffman. He's the all-time winningest coach in the state of Florida. He's got 10 state championships. Now I've given him two national championships, and he's been a huge part of our success. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's sorely Did he bring anything our- with him that you guys weren't doing? Yeah, he, he brought a lot of pressure off me. <laughs> and, and, love it and, and, and love yeah it. i mean you know i gave him a lot of responsibility and allowed him to coach and a lot of people would be a lot of coaches nowadays would be kind of scared to, they'd be intimidated to, to by him, that right yeah 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 sure. and for me i'm like why wouldn't i want to bring him in and and use his skill set because he's done it all he's a mentor to me he's made me a better coach he's a good Christian man. He, he does things the right way. he's very passionate. He's, he's taught me so much over time, and I miss him, and uh, but I got, really, I got really good coaching staff, and uh, he knows the door's always open if he wants to come back. You know, sometimes I got to call him on the phone and beg him a little bit and tell him how much I miss him and love him, but uh, you know, he knows we care about him, and uh, kids love him and he's good people. Yeah.
0: What are some final thoughts? Or something that is there something I didn't ask you that I should have.
1: No. Uh you know, just just enjoy what you do. Do it to the best of your ability every day. Don't cheat the kids. Don't cheat yourself. Give them your best every day and they'll give you the same in return. Let them know you care about them and love them and have their back and they'll do anything in the world for you.
0: All right, good luck the rest of the time out. I know Pudge, Pudge was disappointed. You guys beat him out by one game last year, so for the, for the record. Well, so. he, he talked he, about hey, it on the he, podcast. That's the, he was disappointed.
1: Well, maybe if he'd have come down and played me, he'd have had a stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's <laughs> another one on him. So. Yep, love it. All <laughs> right, Ty, I appreciate yeah. it. All right, thanks for having me.
0: I'm looking forward to watching Coach Fitzgerald's squad next week over in Cary for the National High School Invitational. It's a loaded 16-team field heading to North Carolina. It'll be a great opportunity to watch some of the best high school programs in the nation. Thanks again to John Litchfield, Zach Hale, and Matt West in the ABC office for all the help on the podcast. Feel free to reach out to me via email, rbrownlee at ABCA.org, Twitter and TikTok, Coach B underscore ABCA, Instagram, Ryan Brownlee17, or direct message me via the My ABCA app. This is Ryan Brownley signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks, and leave it better for those behind you.